the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic made education a priority and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The pilgrims, the Puritans, the founding fathers and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we could not know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of the Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. Yes, indeed, here we are. Thank you for joining with us tonight for this edition of the Bible Live broadcast. We are continuing our way through the book of books, through the Bible. You know, we're closing in on the last month of our reading through the Bible this year. Eleven months ago, we started back in the book of Genesis. We read Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, and then we went to the book of Matthew in the New Testament, the first of the four Gospels, and then we got Numbers and Deuteronomy. Then we went back and picked up the book of Mark, the second book of the New Testament. We have proceeded through so much now of the entire Bible. We find ourselves now in what are called the Minor Prophets, the Old Testament We've just finished reading the book of Ezekiel, and tonight we'll be picking up where we left off in our last program. We read the opening three chapters of the book of Daniel. He begins as a teenager, taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, over into Babylon, into exile. He goes to work in Nebuchadnezzar's palace and ends up working for almost 70 years in the Babylonian Empire. He serves under Nebuchadnezzar, then he serves under his successor, Belshazzar, the famous writing-on-the-wall emperor. And then he served the first two Medo-Persian kings, Darius, he was the one that threw Daniel into the lion's den, and then Cyrus the Great, who allowed the people of Israel to go back to Israel from their exile in Babylon. It would be almost impossible to overestimate the importance of Daniel among the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians. He had an influence at a very high level in causing men and women to seek and follow the true and living God. He also spoke to Cyrus, probably, and got Cyrus to release the people to go back to Israel after their 70 years of exile. A personal story that is riveting and spiritual lessons that are tremendous. He's already predicted the empires that would follow Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, and the Roman Empire. He predicted them so beautifully. And even, of course, messianic prophecies of the rock Jesus that came and crushed the gold statue that was found in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. 
This man is a pivotal individual in biblical history. Right now, the Wisdom and Worship segment on The Bible Life. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, What amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy! Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go out to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. End of reading, Psalm This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Bible Live. We've just completed our reading of Psalm 126. We call it our Wisdom and Worship segment. We begin our program with these passages from the Psalms and the Proverbs. Remember the Psalms 120 through 134 are what are called pilgrim psalms or songs of ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T, as they were going up to Jerusalem. These were psalms that were sung by the Jewish pilgrims as they attended the Jewish festival days in Jerusalem at the temple. Now we turn to the book of Daniel. We're going to pick up in chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. Remember, we started the story out with Daniel in Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. Daniel told him the dream and interpreted it. Now let's start in chapter 4 here on The Bible Live. Daniel 4.1 through 6.28. Daniel 4. King Nebuchadnezzar sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the Most High God has performed for me. How great are His signs! How powerful His wonders! His kingdom will last forever, His rule through all generations. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night I had a dream that greatly frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream. But they could not tell me what it meant. At last Daniel came in before me, and I told him the dream. He was named Belteshazzar after my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said to him, O Belteshazzar, master magician, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade, and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. Then, as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. 
the messenger shouted, Cut down the tree, lop off its branches, shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit, chase the animals from its shade and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Now let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live like an animal among the plants of the fields. For seven periods of time let him have the mind of an animal instead of a human. For this has been decreed by the messengers. It is commanded by the holy ones. The purpose of this decree is that the whole world may understand that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of humans. O Belteshazzar, that was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for no one else can help me. All the wisest men of my kingdom have failed me, but you can tell me because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, was overcome for a time, aghast at the meaning of the dream. Finally the king said to him, Belteshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. Belteshazzar replied, Oh, how I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my lord, and not to you. You saw a tree growing very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade, and birds nested in its branches. That tree, your majesty, is you, for you have grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches up to heaven, and your rule to the ends of the earth. Then you saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze, and surrounded by tender grass. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him eat grass with the animals of the field for seven periods of time. This is what the dream means, your majesty, and what the Most High has declared will happen to you. You will be driven from human society, and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow, and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way, until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back again when you have learned that heaven rules. O King Nebuchadnezzar, please listen to me. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past by being merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. But all these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city he said, Just look at this great city of Babylon. I, by my own mighty power, have built this beautiful city as my royal residence and as an expression of my royal splendor. While he was still speaking these words, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That very same hour the prophecy was fulfilled, and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow, and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. 
he lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws after this time had passed i nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven my sanity returned and i praised and worshipped the most high and honoured the one who lives for ever his rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him he has the power to do as he pleases among the angels of heaven and with those who live on earth no one can stop him or challenge him saying what do you mean by doing these things when my sanity returned to me so did my honor and glory and kingdom my advisers and officers sought me out and i was re-established as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before now i nebuchadnezzar praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven all his acts are just and true and he is able to humble those who are proud you're listening to the bible live with soapy dollar daniel five a number of years later king belshazzar gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them while belshazzar was drinking he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in jerusalem so that he and his nobles his wives and his concubines might drink from them so they brought these gold cups taken from the temple of god in jerusalem and the king and his nobles his wives and his concubines drank from them they drank toast from them to honor their idols made of gold silver bronze iron wood and stone at that very moment they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand the king himself saw the hand as it wrote and his face turned pale with fear such terror gripped him that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way beneath him the king shouted for the enchanters astrologers and fortune-tellers to be brought before him he said to these wise men of babylon whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will wear a gold chain around his neck he will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom but when all the king's wise men came in none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant so the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned ashen white his nobles too were shaken but when the queen mother heard what was happening she hurried to the banquet hall she said to belshazzar long live the king don't be so pale and afraid about this there is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods during nebuchadnezzar's reign this man was found to have insight understanding and wisdom as though he himself were a god your predecessor king nebuchadnezzar made him chief over all the magicians enchanters astrologers and fortune-tellers of babylon this man daniel whom the king named belteshazzar has a sharp mind and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding he can interpret dreams explain riddles and solve difficult problems call for daniel and he will tell you what the writing means so daniel was brought in before the king the king asked him are you daniel who was exiled from judah by my predecessor king nebuchadnezzar i have heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you and that you are filled with insight understanding and wisdom my wise men and enchanters have tried to read this writing on the wall but they cannot i am told that you can give interpretations and solve difficult problems if you can read these words and tell me their meaning you will be clothed in purple robes of royal honor and you will wear a gold chain around your neck you will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom 
Daniel answered the king, Keep your gifts or give them to someone else. But I will tell you what the writing means. Your majesty, the most high God, gave sovereignty, majesty, glory, and honor to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. He made him so great that people of all races and nations and languages trembled before him in fear. He killed those he wanted to kill and spared those he wanted to spare. He honored those he wanted to honor and disgraced those he wanted to disgrace. But when his heart and mind were hardened with pride, he was brought down from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven from human society. He was given the mind of an animal and he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like a cow and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. Until he learned that the Most High God rules the kingdoms of the world and appoints anyone he desires to rule over them. You are his successor, O Belshazzar, and you knew all this. Yet you have not humbled yourself. For you have defied the Lord of heaven and have had these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Gods that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. But you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. So God has sent this hand to write a message. This is the message that was written. Mene, mene, tekel parsin. This is what these words mean. Mene means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have failed the test. Parsin means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was dressed in purple robes. A gold chain was hung around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar the Babylonian king was killed, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of sixty-two. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Daniel 6. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a prince to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the princes and to watch out for the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and princes. Because of his great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and princes began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling his affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful and honest and always responsible. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the requirements of his religion. So the administrators and princes went to the king and said, Long live King Darius! We administrators, prefects, princes, advisors, and other officials have unanimously agreed that your majesty should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next thirty days anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to your majesty, will be thrown to the lions. And let your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, a law of the Medes and Persians which cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. The officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. 
So they went back to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next thirty days anyone who prays to anyone divine or human, except to your majesty, will be thrown to the lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is a law of the Medes and Persians which cannot be revoked. Then they told the king that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is paying no attention to you or your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was very angry with himself for signing the law, and he tried to find a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty knows that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you worship continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel from the lions. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you worship continually able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king! My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. End of reading Daniel 4.1 through 6.28. Daniel, the most remarkable individual. I just cannot imagine a life more challenging, more fulfilling, and more exciting than the one he experienced. In the later chapters now, as we've read into chapters 6 and 7 tonight, Daniel is well into his 80s. He's very old. He ministers over a period of 70 years working under these four different pagan, unbelieving rulers, starting with Nebuchadnezzar. 43 years under Nebuchadnezzar, then Evil Merodach, his son, followed by his brother-in-law, Neri Glaser, 
and then Labashi and Nabonidus. Now Belshazzar is the son of Nabonidus. They had a co-regency during most of his reign. Nabonidus was out fighting battles with the army, and Belshazzar stayed at home and tried to hold down the fort in Babylon. That's why Belshazzar happened to be the one there when the kingdom fell. But notice he only offered Daniel to be the third highest in the kingdom. That is a confirmation, of course, of the accuracy of Scripture because he couldn't have offered him to be second highest. His father, Nabonidus, was number one. Belshazzar under him was second. And then Daniel was offered the third position in the kingdom. Like I said, the book is full, not only a personal adventure and an exciting personal story, but I'm only just now myself becoming aware of how far-reaching Daniel's influence was over these four empires. The queen mother, possibly Nabonidus' wife, or maybe even Nebuchadnezzar's wife. Nebuchadnezzar had died in 562 B.C., but his wife may have lived longer than him. It might have been Nebuchadnezzar's wife who comes and speaks up for his veracity, for his dependability. It's an astounding influence that he had over powerful, powerful people. The remarkable thing is that Daniel did not draw attention to himself. Of course, he did in some ways. Obviously, they had great confidence in him. He was evidently extremely competent as administrator and leader. But the men that he most impacted, they gave God the praise and glory. There are so many times as we read the Bible together that the passage is just simply overwhelming so amazing chapters four five and six just these three chapters such astounding numbers of lessons that we can read both about our personal lives personal integrity reliability honesty in the life of daniel also what god can do with a single life with just one life that is wholly committed to him what god can do he shook empires he shaped the world of that time through this one individual. So very much that we could comment upon. I hope that you'll join us as we continue through the book of Daniel here on The Bible Live next time. See you then. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your prayers and financial support are needed Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.